Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, guys? Episode 271 of the Hoodath Discussion. I'm your host, Brendan Boylan. You can also find me with the Saints News Network as a writer and a reporter, and some of you may know me as an award-winning filmmaker. I want to say thanks so much for all the love and support that I have received since taking over the podcast, and today we're going to get into some of the nitty-gritty, some of that juicy off-season stuff. Yes, there's a preseason game right around the corner. It's going to be happening this Saturday against the Baltimore Ravens. We will certainly talk about a few players to watch in that, but I want to start with the continued Michael Thomas saga. Are the New Orleans Saints going to trade him? What's his status going into the 2021 season? How the heck did we get here? I'm going to have that whole timeline for you and so much more. But first, let's hit the intro. All things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Powered by Overtime Media. Well, guys, I've said it once. I've said it twice. I've probably said it a handful of times on this podcast. It has been a whirlwind of an offseason for the New Orleans Saints. And if you go back and you listen to a podcast, I believe it was two podcasts ago, I had a whole thing on this Michael Thomas weird situation. Uh, But I really want to sit and break it down with you guys from the beginning, give you the whole timeline, and talk about what's next, what's going to happen between Michael Thomas and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, There's been some reports that have came out over the last couple days, some excellent reporting from some of my colleagues at Saints News Network with Bob Rose, John Hendricks, and Kyle T. Mosley. So let's start at, well, the very beginning. Back on July 28th, Sean Payton comes out in a press conference after a day of training camp and says that Michael Thomas's surgery should have happened earlier. And I think for the most part, a lot of New Orleans Saints fans, a lot of us in the media, when the reports came out that Thomas was going to miss some time because of that surgery in June, we all thought, well, why didn't it happen sooner? And... That report came out back on July 24th that Thomas was going to miss the beginning of the season. And as I said, you go back to the 28th and Sean Payton addresses that publicly. Uh, But let's go over what happened. Michael Thomas dealt with an ankle injury throughout the entire 2020 season. It was a high ankle sprain in the closing minutes of their Week 1 matchup against the eventual Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and maybe a time in part of the game where Thomas should not have been on the field. The Saints 
really had the game in hand. They were marching down to try to go up by multiple scores. And, um, hey, it's it's a part of football. A, a guy rolls on your ankle. Uh, and Thomas really never found his stride throughout the season. He did come back into the lineup for the New Orleans Saints while Taysom Hill had his four-game stretch as the starting quarterback in place of the injured Drew Brees. And he did put up some numbers in his two best games of the season, came against the Atlanta Falcons. He had nine receptions, uh, close to 100 yards in both matchups. But you didn't see the Michael Thomas of 2019. And let's be honest, guys, it's extremely difficult to mimic uh, the 149 receptions, over 1,700 receiving yards, and nine touchdowns that Michael Thomas put up. Uh, But 2020 was a wacky up-and-down sort of year for Michael Thomas, and he kind of alluded to in his goodbye message to Drew Brees that he posted on his Twitter account that maybe he was playing a little injured because he knew, uh, well, this could very well be Drew's last year. That was later confirmed by Adam Scheffner, who put out a tweet saying essentially that that Thomas really should have been shut down for the season but wanted to give the Saints his all, knowing this could have been, and eventually was, Drew Brees' final NFL season. So we get to Sean Payton addressing the media, and then you have some cryptic tweets from himself, Michael Thomas. And I'm sure most of you listeners have seen the tweets, but just in case you haven't, let's read the tweet. The tweet from Michael Thomas coming on August 9th. They tried to damage your reputation. You saved theirs by not telling your side of the story. Mike Thomas went on to like a couple of tweets that echoed that maybe Thomas was asked by the Saints to play injured and the Saints get mad at him for, for being injured in the offseason. It seemed like this very dangerous back-and-forth type of fiasco between the team and Thomas. Then Ian Rappaport comes out and talks about the difficulties that the Saints would have in trading Michael Thomas. Now, the problem with that was the headline in the video actually said, report Michael Thomas requests trade from New Orleans, and that's just simply not true. The good news was coming from Yahoo Sports. That came out yesterday uh, on August the 11th that the two sides have spoken, and that being Sean Payton and Michael Thomas, and they're getting to the point where they're trying to mend the issue. right? And there was an excellent report from John Hendricks of Saints News Network saying that Uh, One source said that they had a good talk about the issues. They both believe that it's not anything that's going to go any further than what's already out there. Um, But there was some frustrations from both viewpoints, and that's why that they had the meeting. But it does not sound like the Saints will move on for Michael Thomas. It does not sound like they have any intentions of trading Michael Thomas. And if we're just being truthful, it would be very difficult for the New Orleans Saints to trade Michael Thomas. And why is that? The reason for that is simply the cap. Money is a huge issue. Remember, Thomas signed a five-year contract extension with the Saints in 2019 before his big record-setting year, and that was worth about $96 
million dollars. But since then, he's restructured his contract twice to help the team uh, in their cap situations. Obviously, the famous one this offseason, $100 million over the cap, and they worked their way down. So restructuring that contract has actually made it more difficult than it once was for Thomas to be traded. So this season, for example, if Thomas were to be traded or released, there's going to be $9 million of dead cap space this season with almost $23 million worth of dead cap space in 2022. That's going to be something that would handcuff and hinder the New Orleans Saints. Now, I did talk to to a good friend of mine, Bob Rose, about the situation, and one thing that came up in our conversation was, well, you know, New Orleans has been known and not afraid to ship off uh, some offensive stars, even in maybe the primes of their careers, because of being locker room cancers or issues. And the two that we alluded to was, of course, Jimmy Graham uh, and Brandon Cooks. And the one thing that Bob and I seemed to agree on was, well, Michael Thomas's talent is 120 times more than both Graham and Cooks. Now, you can make the argument that Jimmy Graham at that time, and, and I don't even think there's an argument, at that time he was the best tight end in football, but you're looking at a guy like Michael Thomas who has broken NFL records and is on a ridiculous pace uh, through the first five years of his NFL career. He's only uh, 28 years old. And listen, Thomas has had at least 90 catches and 1,000 yards in each of his first four NFL seasons. Obviously, there's a little asterisk towards last year because he didn't put those numbers up, but he did miss uh, a ton of time. So, no, I don't think this is going to be as easy as, oh, we have an issue with the guy, let's just ship him out real quick. I don't think that's going to happen, of course, with the reporting Today, from John Hendricks, and as I said, initially from Yahoo Sports, it doesn't seem like this is going to happen um, in terms of Thomas being traded. And Jameis Winston was even asked if teammates were upset with Michael Thomas. And, And his response was, quote, no, we're uplifting him. We are encouraging our teammate here. That's what we do. We got his back. I got his back 100%. End quote. That's that's some high praise from a guy that has not been within the Saints organization for very long. Jameis Winston obviously joining the team last year. Uh, he's in the middle of a heated quarterback battle. And he says, I have the back of my number one guy. So it's been an odd couple of couple of days you could a couple of weeks with this Michael Thomas and Sean Payton and New Orleans Saints kind of debacle and I know that was an extremely quick way of going through the timeline of everything that has occurred but we we're at we're at where we are at in this situation and after what seemed like the two were in a really bad place I think Saints fans can breathe a little bit and say, you know what, <clears throat> especially after that report, it appears like everything is going to be okay. But Thomas is going to miss uh, a chunk of this season, 
It's believed he'll start the year on the physically unable to perform list, which would put him out at least the first six weeks of the season. Remember, it's about 12 weeks of recovery from the time of the surgery, so that would put him somewhere in that range where maybe he could come back after the bye week for the New Orleans Saints. You're looking at a couple uh, of different moving factors, and obviously with this being uh, an injury that lingered last year, yes, you've had it surgically repaired, uh, and there were a couple different surgeries that Thomas actually had to go through. We're not talking about a situation where there was one surgery, we're going to fix the problem, we're going to be done. Thomas has had a couple different procedures done. You just want to make sure that he is 120% healthy because you don't want to find yourself in a situation like last year where it's just this ongoing nagging type of a thing. So that's where we're at with the Michael Thomas situation. Like I said, that was a quick rundown, quick timeline. But as of right now, it just seems as if everything uh, is going to be A-OK for now. Things could change very quickly, right? But for now, it seems like both sides uh, are on their way to mending the relationship, having some good and open conversation and um, that's always a bright side. That's always a bright thing. Well, moving on, we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens. A couple guys that you should look out for uh, in this matchup. But first, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the Houdat Discussion Podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, it took, it, it took a long time, and it has felt like forever since the Saints' playoff exit in the divisional round to Tampa Bay. But we finally have some New Orleans Saints football back. No, it's not meaningful action. Uh, The wins and losses don't count. But nonetheless, you're going to be able to see the Bayou boys suited up in action. Uh, This Saturday night, they're going to be playing the Baltimore Ravens up in Baltimore. Uh, As of right now, we don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to play. We don't know how many... Uh, of the starters for the Baltimore Ravens are going to give it a go. And we honestly don't know what New Orleans and what Sean Payton's going to trot out there. I would imagine we'd see both quarterbacks for some extended time in terms of Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. And the wide receiver core that all of a sudden has been very, very depleted. But it's going to be exciting to see this team and see some of the young talent that they have and see what life post-Drew Brees is like. It's finally upon us. I think for a lot of people, it's easy to say, oh, well, we've known it. It's been five, six months uh, since we've known that Drew's not coming back. Yes, but it's going to be odd. And it might not feel 100% real, for lack of a better term, until week one against Green Bay, but... You're going to see someone trot out and start week one of the season uh, at quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. That's not Drew Brees for the first time in 15 years. 
And that's very odd. And that's going to be my first of three things that we need to watch uh, in this preseason game. It's going to be the quarterback position, but I don't want to leave it just to Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. I also want to talk about Ian Book a little bit because he has reportedly looked fairly sharp in training camp thus far. And he has drawn some comparisons to Drew Brees in terms of his size, his quote-unquote lack of arm strength, but Book is a little bit more athletic um, and is maybe a little bit deceiving in that athleticism. But let's start with the big one, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. From what we know and from what we've gathered uh, from guys like Nick Underhill, uh, from John Hendricks, Amy Just, uh, Kat Tyrell, the, the great reporters uh, that are, have been there at the training camp, thus far this summer, it appears that this is a true neck-and-neck type of battle between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. And I said, and I have been saying uh, for quite a while now, that if I had to make a guess, I'd say 98% sure that Jameis Winston would be the starter week one. And I'm not backing off of that. But I will say I am surprised that the reports are this battle is a lot closer than maybe we necessarily thought it would be. So props to Taysom Hill uh, for putting himself in a position where he could be the starter for the New Orleans Saints. And listen, he went 3-1 and one last year. I know those games were a little difficult to watch in terms of the offense and how the ball moved and, and what have you because it is so much different than what we've seen over the years. It looked like a college offense. Was it fun? Yeah, Taysom time was fun. Was it infuriating? Uh, for fans, I'm sure you could say it was infuriating. Um, Taysom Hill fumbles the ball a lot. Ball security's got to be something that he worked on a lot over the summer and continues to work on through um, the preseason and potentially you know, his reign as the quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. When it comes to Jameis Winston, man, Jameis Winston sounds like a completely different individual. Uh, sometimes, actually a lot of times, and not just in the NFL, across sports, guys get drafted so young, and they've been in the spotlight for so long, and even more so now with, the, with social media, you, you know, I know, you know, everybody knows who the next big thing coming out of high school is. And you have a guy like Jameis who won the Heisman, won the BCS National Championship, was the number one pick of the draft, was a pro bowler his rookie season. And I think with all that, that doesn't make you immature by any means. But having that much spotlight, that much fame, um, that does not do anybody any good at such a young age. And if you're listening and you're over the age of 21, I want you to think back to the time you were about 21 years old and think about all the stupid, stupid things you did at 21. And for, I'd say, 99% of us, or you guys that are listening, you weren't in national media spotlight at 21 years old. And there's a lot of pressure, and there's a lot of burden. And when you start having 
people applauding you for everything you do. You start having people throw all sorts of money at you. Sometimes you never do get that chance to grow up. And I have to applaud Jameis for taking last year to sit behind Drew, learn from Sean Payton, in his words, quote-unquote, enroll into QBU, and maybe just humble himself a little bit. Because in these interviews, uh, and through the process of him being in New Orleans, he sounds and he carries himself like a different person. And I think that's definitely helping him in this process of trying to earn the right to start for the team. But we know Sean Payton. We know he loves Taysom Hill. I think Taysom is an interesting option at quarterback. Personally, I don't see Taysom Hill being the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. I like him so much better in that go-go gadget type of Swiss Army knife role. And I think his age has a lot to do with that too, right? He's 31, 32 years old. And to give the keys to the kingdom to someone at that age who mostly lives off of his legs and his athleticism, you know what? He's only got two or three more years left of good, good, healthy mobility. And that's nothing against Taysom Hill. Yes, he takes some big shots, uh, especially with the role that he's played. But let's just look at some of the all-time greats. And when they started to started to fall past their prime. And you could look at guys like Randall Cunningham, Michael Vick, and any other quarterback, really, that's been mobile and has relied on his legs. And you, you hit about 33, 34, and the speed's just not there anymore. You're not as quick with your cuts. Uh, so I think that has to be a factor as well in the long term. And that's what makes things so interesting. That's a whole different topic for another day because you have Taysom and Jameis' contracts expiring at the end of this year. But for for Saturday, it's going to be interesting to see who gets the start, who gets the nod. I think both guys will get similar snaps. And it's going to be interesting to hear Sean Payton's comments over the next couple of days and certainly post-game on Saturday because you were really going to get a feel for how close this competition is based off of not just the performance, but what Sean says and and who's taking reps next week at training camp. So I'm definitely watching the quarterback position. I'm also watching Ian Book, as I mentioned earlier, because I think he's kind of the dark horse to be the long-term solution. Fourth-round pick. Uh, Sean Payton mentioned him by name in the pre-draft process, which is something that Sean Payton doesn't typically do, and that should have been a big flag uh, that New Orleans was was eyeing Ian Book in the draft process. and Sean said it himself, the next guy's not going to look like Drew Brees, but I don't know because he really liked Ian Book, and I can see a lot of comparisons, at least straight out of college, um, between Book and Drew Brees all the way back in 2001. So I'm definitely looking at the quarterback position. I'm looking how they play, and especially... The other thing is you're going to see a different level, perhaps, because these guys that they're going to be playing with, they don't have Michael Thomas. They might not have Traquan Smith. They're going to be throwing to guys that might not even make the roster. So what can these two quarterbacks or three quarterbacks give you with the B team, the C team? That's going to be really interesting as well. The second thing I'm watching is cornerback. Because 
with the sudden retirement of Patrick Robinson, who I truly believed was going to be the number two corner for New Orleans this year, just because of his veteran leadership. He's been there before, 11 years in the league, a Super Bowl. He's a former first-round pick. Uh, and he, he came up big for New Orleans in some games over the last two years where they really needed somebody to step up in that spot. Uh, the two that stick out, Tennessee 2019, he played outstanding uh, after not playing for quite a while. And then, of course, the, the weird, weird game up in Detroit. And I say weird because of Michael Burton and the false positive test at like, midnight. And those guys didn't get a whole lot of sleep. That was just a really a defining moment in the 2020 season for the New Orleans Saints. But P-Rob played great and excellent in that game, too. So to see him retire is surprising. You obviously have Paulson Adebo, who has had a lot of near interceptions in camp so far. Uh, There's a couple couple reporters joking on Twitter that there needs to be a, a count for the amount of near interceptions Adebo has had in camp thus far. You have a guy like Ken Crawley, who... He's been on the Saints roster on and off since 2017. We all remember how great he was for New Orleans in 2017. And who knows, maybe this is his opportunity to, to take back the take back the number two quarter spot because he's been pretty good in, in camp as well. And then you have guys like P.J. Williams. Uh, you have guys like Prince of Mukamara who might not even make the roster, but he's been in camp and... He's a longtime NFL veteran. If he's got anything left in the tank, he could be a very valuable piece to the New Orleans Saints. Now, again, we don't know if Lamar Jackson's going to play, but just to see who can step up for New Orleans at that spot because you're looking at just having a gaping hole at cornerback two and just a a big old question mark right there. Uh, But on top of that, we have to talk about the fact that Marshawn Lattimore's arrest in Cleveland earlier this summer we don't know the status of that in terms of suspension. So if you're going to be without Marshawn Lattimore for two or three games to begin the season, you're going to be starting guys like Ken Crawley, Paulson Adebo, maybe Prince Amukamara. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of question marks at that position. So you really got to find out uh, who's going to step up and be that guy for us because you can do whatever you want in practice. And I'm chuckling a little bit because the first thing that comes to my mind is the famous Allen Iverson um, presser about practice. You know, you're talking about practice, not a game, but practice. You can do whatever you want in practice, but you got to see it on... The film never lies, right? Game film never, ever lies, and it's going to tell us a whole lot about not just where the Saints are as a team, and yeah, it's a preseason game, and you can underreact or overreact how you want, but it's going to tell us a lot about where they are regarding that position, so that's a big highlight. And then third is a position that where the Saints have been actually really strong as of late, the interior of the defensive line, but after having to make some moves to get under the cap, David Onyemata and his suspension for performance-enhancing drugs... You got a guy like Shy Tuttle, who I really like. We all a lot of we all like Shy Tuttle, and a lot of that comes from that interception and stiff arm on Matt Ryan. That's gonna live forever in the heads of Saints fans, Saints Twitter, Saints GIFs, Saints memes, everything. But you have a guy like Shy Tuttle who had an excellent first year with the New Orleans Saints and was a DNP 
Just a healthy scratch, a lot of 2020. And just to see how the Saints shuffle that defensive line because they have abundance of pass rushers. And Davenport's been good in camp. Peyton Turner's been good in camp. And that's super exciting. Uh, But as soon as you have the outside, it looks like you're a little thin on the inside. So against a team like the Ravens, if Lamar Jackson plays... Uh, and even if Lamar Jackson doesn't, uh, their backups are kind of built to to be Lamar Jackson-esque. You look at like Trace McSorley, uh, the former Penn State quarterback. How is the defensive line going to read uh, what they're doing in terms of those read options? Um, are they going to be able to get enough pressure on the interior to really open things up uh, in terms of a pass rush? I'm really looking at the defensive line. For similar reasons to the to the cornerback slot is or spot rather, there's just a lot of question marks. There's a lot of unprovenness on that part uh, or that that group of the interior of the defensive line. So I'm looking at those three spots in the preseason. We'll definitely be back Monday to well, actually we'll all recorded on Monday, so you guys will hear it on Tuesday to kind of break down Saturday's first preseason game, some thoughts, some takeaways, uh, and I might have a special guest to join me to do all of that. Well, that's all the time we have for episode 271 of the Hoodat Discussion. You can follow me, Brendan Boylan, on Twitter, at BTBoylan, that's B-T-B-O-Y-L-A-N. My Instagram is the exact same. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at the at Dis, D-I-S. And, of course, you can find all of my work and my colleagues' work at si.com forward slash NFL forward slash Saints. And if you want something a little easier to remember, just go to www.getsaintsnews.com. Well, again, I thank you all for listening. And in the meantime, find your peace, spread love, practice positivity, and hoot at Go Saints this Saturday against the Baltimore Ravens.